Welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is the show that focuses on climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. Our mission is to help fathers be present by sharing valuable ideas and concepts that will equip men to be the best father possible. Being a good father is hard work, but it is so vitally important. We believe that dads matter, and that's why this podcast is for you. So gear up, dads, and get ready. It's time to start climbing. Hello and welcome. This is a very special episode of the Present Fathers podcast. We have our first ever guest speaker. Uh, and so we're just super excited. And uh, in the interest of Jeremy's time, uh, we really just want to dive right into it today and uh, let him, I'll briefly introduce who he is and then let him take it away from there. But uh, one, one little note, Dustin is unfortunately unable to join tonight. Work is holding him up. Uh, he's yeah. currently in an operating room. So a little bit of an important job, I guess. Uh, he will not be joining us, but we're going to carry on without him. Hopefully, um, it wasn't a lava lamp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not going to go back to that. We're not going to go back there. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, the things you see in an OR. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But with that said, so Jeremy, I've known Jeremy Harrell since 2018. Actually, uh, we met at Mighty Oaks. Uh, I've spoken about that organization before. And uh, I was in training to kind of be a group leader, and Jeremy was in my group. And uh, I, I was just always very impressed with him right from the from the get go. Uh, really awesome guy, and uh, he's been doing a lot of really impressive things uh, in his life. And so we wanted to bring him on to talk about all the work he's been doing uh, to support veterans and their families, but also how he balances all of that work with being a father himself. So without further ado, Jeremy, over to you, and thank you so much for being here tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me. I, I love this subject. I love I love the content here on this podcast. And I'm I've been looking forward to this all day. You know, it's it's I'm on Eastern time, so it's a little bit later for me. I, I've been really looking forward to talking to you all and, and kind of sharing some of these uh these these uh techniques and things that we've learned along the way. Awesome. So Jeremy, if you could uh just start by kind of giving a little bit of your background, talk about your military experience and service and uh and then how you transitioned into what you're doing today as the the founder and CEO of Veterans Club? Yeah, I appreciate that, and I, th I think I think I'll, I'll go a little bit before that too, just because for for the reason why we're on the podcast and and what we're talking about today is I think it's important to to let people know that growing up, um, I didn't I didn't have a present father, right? Um, and one of the reasons why I even joined the military is because I needed somehow to learn how to be a man. And there was that, there was that, um, you know, that, that saying that if you want to be a man, join the military, right? They'll, they'll teach you how to do that. And, and that's still debatable, but uh, no, I, 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 I kid, but, but yeah, so I, I, I didn't have a father really. My mom did the best she could, but you know, it, we, the, the, even from on a DNA level, uh, she couldn't, she couldn't meet the needs of, of what, of what my father could have taught me, right. As a man, she don't know, the serpentine passages of the heart of a man. And so uh, I do appreciate her for trying, but yeah, I joined uh, the military right after high school and uh, I was just looking for some structure because I didn't have any. And uh, I remember getting there and, and, and I remember uh, people pretty uh, stressed out about what was going on. And, and I just thought this is kind of a cool deal, right? Like this is really cool that there, there's a lot of structure here. You get, you get three meals a day, you get a 
a, a comfortable place to live, right? And everybody's like, oh, I miss my, you know, I miss my dad, I miss my mom, you know, and I'm just over here like, let's do this. But uh, but that's where it all started for me. You know, I, I served in the military for, you know, eight years and uh, I got out, I got hurt uh, in Iraq. I did a tour there in 2003 and 2004. And, uh, and I got hurt, got home, and I, I just wanted to continue to serve. Like serving has always been a, a passion of mine, and not just in the military, but in, in multiple different ways. I, I'm just a servant at heart. You know, I just always I like to to help people, and uh, and on, whether it's a small scale or a big scale, it doesn't matter to me. Just one person at a time is my motto, right? Who's your one person? So mm -hmm. uh, when I when I got out, I thought, what can I do now uh, to have that same level of fulfillment? that I had once I served. And, uh, and so I decided to start a, it was really a social group. So Veterans Club Incorporated was a social group. It was an idea on a napkin. We started out uh, with a, a Facebook group, a private group. And uh, for a long time, we had the same 10 people. And I was okay with that because all I really wanted to do is get as many vets as I could together, just to connect, just to share that camaraderie. Uh, because everywhere I would travel, even including Mighty Oaks, George, where I would hear people say, you know, I don't necessarily miss the work. I do miss this. I do miss yeah. this brotherhood. And, and I kept thinking, there's no reason we can't have that just because we're not in uniform anymore. And so when I got back home to Kentucky, yeah, when I got back home to Kentucky, I started I started doing that and we started to get together. And, and uh, it just apparently there was a need out there for the things that we did. Uh, and, and when I say things that we did then, um, you know, I think a lot of organizations have this great big 30,000 foot view. Um, but, but, you know, we do things on a basic level in the way that more common sense approaches to healing and connection, right? So some people are putting these big retreats together. They're spending thousands of dollars. Obviously, we didn't have that money at the time. And so what we would do is we would just we'd link up at local coffee shops. We'd pay 50 bucks, buy coffee for, for 15 people and have some of the best conversations that we could ever have. And we talked about everything from our service to being a father, to, to trying to reconnect with our kids once we come home and how difficult that was being a husband or, or if, it, if it's a female veteran, being a wife or being a mother, uh, we just had some really good conversations. And over time, you know, th that just grew and it spread like wildfire, uh, wildfire and people from, you know, other States were calling saying, Jeremy, I don't know what you're doing in Kentucky, but we'd love to do this in Georgia and we'd love to do this in Florida and, even Denmark, I didn't even know they had That's veterans awesome. in Denmark, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I guess, I guess they do. Um, and even, and even now, you know, the, the VAs, right. So the, both VA hospitals in Kentucky, um, when they do like all calls and, uh, and, and they have meetings about how to treat veterans and how to, how to get out to the community, they invite me. Um, but we, we, you know, we started out as that social group. We just connected. We did, you know, monthly cookouts, which we still do when, the, when, when the weather's nice, um, and those things bring like two, 250 uh, veterans wow. and their families out. And what's cool about that is we bring this huge grill, uh, our staff and our leadership, we do the cooking, right? And everybody brings a side dish. But what you see is you see the guys coming together. You see the kids getting to know each other, which I love, right? Because it's, it's one of, it's one of, it's a personal passion, but it's also initiative in our organization to create a support system for our kids, our military children, uh, right now that we hope lives on up until their adult years, right? We want we want yeah. them to have that same like bonding, yeah, that same bond and camaraderie we have. So, um, and people start to recognize, like, why are we doing all this stuff when we can do these things and it's so impactful? 
Well, that, that lasted for a little bit. And then, uh, and then we decided that we want to step into the therapeutic, um, uh, realm a little bit because so many people were coming back home with, with just struggles with PTSD and traumatic brain injury and just, just life challenges, uh, a lot of relational issues, um, interpersonal issues, things like that. And so we started, uh, doing equine facilitated mentoring and, uh, that's a that's that's a nationally recognized program. Just this last uh, Veterans Day, we were featured on the History Channel. They come out and filmed our program, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool for a four-year-old organization, but uh, but they come out and filmed 15 hours. Actually, I, I was mic'd up for 15 hours, and they it was a six and a half minute segment. But uh, <laughs> oh man, what a what a long day! And there, and there were some times during that day, in full transparency, that I had to say, "Hey, um, you may hear something." Uh, on the on the on the on the recording that you just want to edit you know uh <laughs> maybe a few few things yeah. that i said that i probably shouldn't have said but nonetheless right. man we we uh we re we're really proud of that program and uh what's different about that one than, than a lot of them is number one we teach a skill so you learn about you know you learn about horsemanship veterans in my experience like to touch things like to do things like to like to learn and be hands-on but also it's centered around christ everything that we do is christ-centered He's always been uh, the center of what I do uh, as a as a as a you know as a man, as a father, as a husband, and, and also as a leader of this organization. And he has truly done some amazing work. I, I, I wish I could take credit for it. I'm not that cool. He has done so much uh, with this organization, and as, and I know as long as we keep him in the center, he'll continue to do that. Um, and so you know we're we're you know we're we're doing really well. Uh, we're coming up with with more programs each and every day. You know we got a lot of exposure. We're getting ready to partner with um, with a, um, a a big band, a guy named Corey Taylor, Corey Taylor Foundation. Oh, we're I know Corey some, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting ready to do some stuff. He just he they just sought us out. I just got an email one day. I I didn't even know who the band was. Um, I thought it was a local band and uh, my ops manager was like, Jeremy, you've been living under a rock your whole life. You know? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not a heavy metal guy, you know? Um, he's Slipknot's anyway, lead singer, man. He's, yeah, he's one yeah. of my freaking favorites, man. I love me some Corey Taylor. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had no idea. And, and uh, I think, I think after we do our thing uh, this next weekend, I think I'm going to tell him that he might think that's cool, but nonetheless, he has a foundation that, that um, he, he likes to work with uh, veterans who have PTSD and, and, and law enforcement. Um, and so that's really cool. So all that's going good, man. And but but the challenge was always how do I pour so much into this uh, and then still have some uh, some some energy and some some nuggets left in the tank for right. when I get home. Um, and, and that's, that was very hard initially. I don't know about you all, man, but I'm one of those guys. Like if I, if I get a passion and a mission, like I'm all in, yeah. um, that's even I, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are gung ho until that's we a, get it done. A little, man. a little too much at times. Yeah. So, yeah. We both yeah. are guilty of that for sure. I mean, even on unhealthy, I mean, let's be honest, unhealthy levels, you know, like my, my wife will text and say, Hey husband come home. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and because I'm smart now, that's what I do. Right. Yeah. I come home and, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but no, man, um, you know, really, really proud of the organization, really proud of, of, of what we do for veterans and first responders and their families. I think what I'm most proud of is the fact that we do include families. Mm -hmm. Um, as, as a guy who's been divorced, um, a few times myself, uh, I know the impact divorce has not just on, on myself, uh, or, or, you know, um, my ex spouse, but also if there's kids involved and, um, 
And man, I really, and, and I know that when we were talking before, Brandon, you, you asked a question, like, at what point did you, did you decide that you were going to be better at being a dad? And, and at what point were you going to um, you know, try to take that to the next level? And, and it was at that point where I was seeing um, what my uh, selfishness, I can't, I can't say another word for it, selfishness um, and my, my disregard for anyone else was causing uh, how it was trickling down to my, my children. And, uh, and after I seen and, and started to see that uh, they were doing some learned behaviors um, and, and realizing, you know, there, there used to be, I don't know if you guys have heard this saying, but it's like, don't do what I do, do as I say. Right. Well, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm the right. guy in the back going, Hey, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but man, that's, that's really when I decided, Hey, I need, I need to, I need to focus on what's important here. Um, and, uh, and, and that, you know, that happened, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that, that my, my marriage with my wife now is incredible. And it's, it's really because we allowed God to be part of that. Um, but, uh, but making, but becoming a better dad, um, makes me a hero in her eyes, man. And I, I don't think we give, we don't pay enough attention to how important that is to our spouses yeah, is absolutely. we think, we think it's about abs and all that, right. About mm-hmm. abs and how much yeah. you bench press. And, uh, maybe when we were, you know, college days and all that, but, but in reality, um, and not just my wife, I've heard many, uh, spouses just in conversation go, you know what? Is really awesome is when I see my husband on the floor with the kids rolling around, playing, getting dirty, creating mud pies in the backyard, you know, things yeah. like that, man. And uh, and and so I just so you know after hearing all these these stories and then seeing all these broken marriages from guys coming back. In fact, um, the divorce rate uh, for combat veterans is eighty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is a real number. And, and I didn't believe it at first. I thought that somebody is, somebody's packing that number. Uh, but I researched it in several different, uh, platforms and realized it is a true, a true number. Yeah. And so with that comes a lot of broken families, right? So if, if mm-hmm. I'm already dealing with stuff that I've dealt with in combat and I'm already struggling that way, and now all of a sudden I got to find a new place to live. And then also I'm not seeing my kids. So now I'm feeling guilty about not seeing my kids. Uh, the way that I should see my kids. And, and now I have more financial stress because now I have to pay for not being able to see that, you know, just yeah. all these, all these compound um, challenges. And, uh, and so I just thought one, one thing I want to do with this organization is I want to focus on families um, mm-hmm. and I, and I want to focus on uh, a, a fatherhood piece. Um, I can't do much on the motherhood side. We got some people that are that are good in the organization who who can do that. I mean, my wife does that. She 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 helps do that. But um, but as far as the the fatherhood piece, man, I th- I, we're really starting. And it was just recent that we put an emphasis on that. Um, it, it first was the vet, and then we realized that okay, so the vet is getting better. They're working. They're 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 doing a lot in their lives, but they're going back home to an environment that is um, got a lot of animosity, a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So, and, and George, you may recognize this, like from Mighty Oaks is <clears throat> guys come to Mighty Oaks and they spend a week and they hear about marriage and they hear about brotherhood and character and all these great classes and they're fired up, man. Like they're mm-hmm. fired up and I love it. And they go home and they're like, Hey, Hey, babe, listen, I had it all wrong. Like I didn't even know what marriage was. This is what I'm going to start doing. And the worst thing that can happen is she goes, yeah, I've heard that before. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> right. And so, yeah, the so, bitterness. Yeah. Like I've heard that before. You've been saying that for 20 years. Or, and so then what is, what does the guy do? He goes, Oh, well forget about it then. Right. right? And so it's just a cycle. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, man. So we we pull families into that too, but uh, we just we just believe that strong families lead to strong vets, and uh, and even the ones who are still active and in the guard that still serve, um, and and that's what draws a lot of people to the organization. But uh, but yeah, I mean that's why you know that's why I was so excited to do this podcast because not enough people talk about this. I mean it's like you know most people like when I do I've done this is probably my twenty something podcast right, and um, and people want to talk about me and they want to talk about what I've right. done and, but they never say, what about being a dad, man? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you have four kids. Like what, what's that look like? Um, it just never happens, but I'm glad that we're doing this today. Yeah. So we're doing it right now. And, uh, we, we are thankful to you and your family for, for allowing us to borrow you for this time. Yeah. And, uh, and this <laughs> was very right. last minute, just so everyone's aware, you know, I called Jeremy, I think Monday and I was like, Hey, can you come on? And he was like, absolutely, man, I'm there. So, uh, I appreciate your, your servant yeah. heart, Jeremy. And, uh, being willing to share your story with us. And um, I just want to touch on a couple of things. So our last sure, episode sure. was the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And like you literally just talked about how you took that same concept and basically put it into practice. And that was, you had a genuine passion to to, to help you know veterans and, and do something about it. And hey, why not me? And you just, you, know, you said a little Facebook group, start with 10 people and here you are today where I, I think I looked on your website, it's like over 2000 people have come to your you know, your uh, therapy sessions and things like that. I mean, so you're obviously making yeah. an impact. And again, yeah. it's because it came from a genuine why. You had a real purpose, a real drive to do it. Um, and, you know, like you said, God is at the center of it too. So I think that was just a winning formula right there. And then another thing that you brought up was how important it is uh, as a father to to right the wrongs in your marriage, in, in your role as a father. Um, we talked about the book by Dr. Meg Meeker, uh, strong fathers, strong daughters. And I was actually just re rereading uh, that book today. And it is just, it's so important. It's, it's not that the wife is not important. It's not that mothers aren't important, but there's just something right. about the role that a father has where you have to take charge and, and start not making excuses for yourself and your leadership will eventually turn the tide. Um, I mean, that's how me and my wife were. I mean, we have both been at points where one kind of wanted to quit. Right. But the other kind of picked yeah. up the slack, but um, it wasn't until I seriously like went to Mighty Oaks for myself and I really started taking charge of my crap and fixing my crap that things really started getting out of the cycle and, and we started on the path to healing. Um, and so I'm just, it's inspiring to see another guy like you who just, who took action, made something happen. And, and um, now you're able to affect families in a positive way. So I'll pause. I know the other guys probably have a bunch of questions for you, but uh, yeah, just, yeah. just very thankful for your time tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I want to jump in and just say, first of all, um, thank you very much for your service. And then for the service that you're doing after service mm-hmm. uh, for the other guys that served. Um, it's so important because all the friends that I've ever discussed, um, like, you know, therapy and things to, um, you know, over games or whatever the case it may be um, that have served. One of the biggest issues they have is coming back to civilian world mm. and there's no camaraderie. There's no brotherhood. There's no support. Um, so yeah, for, for me to hear that there's somebody out there working hard to support, help make them feel like they're supported and to help support them. That's amazing. And I, I really do appreciate that. Um, the one thing I wanted to clarify, um, you said equine therapy, some people that, you know, might not know psychology very well, might not know what that is. So can you, can you describe what that is just really quick for us, please? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what we do uh, with that is we use horses uh, as part of the process to, uh, to work through. Uh, some of the the challenges that, that that the vets are having, and we and we have those. We have vets, and we have first responders, we have spouse sessions, and we even do have military <laughs> children sessions. Although that's more like a uh, 
uh, pizza party in a barn with horses. But yeah, we use horses because horses have this ability to connect with us uh, on this very intuitive level. And uh, mm -hmm. even so much so that horses can regulate their heart rate to match your heart rate. And, uh, and because horses are prey animals, um, they're always, uh, they're always kind of hypervigilant, right? They're always trying to really what they're, what they want to do when they're around us is to make sure that we're not going to eat them. Uh, what, what they don't recognize is how many people are afraid of the opposite, right? Or, or to get kicked or something like that. But, but we really, we really use the horses as a segue into conversation, right? It's much easier to talk about your worst day. If there's this horse in between you and, you know, you're learning how to groom the horse. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the horse and when, and then we talk a little bit about life and, and the challenges they're facing, maybe the trauma of being in combat and, or, 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 you know, maybe for a law enforcement, uh, officer involved shooting, something like that. We're talking about that, but at any moment we can totally flip the subject and talk about, Hey, why do horses do this? Why, why do, why do, you know, why do they make this sound? And I, we just want to make it a comfortable environment for them mm -hmm. to really unpack all these things because, uh, there's not a lot of space out in the world really to do that. And uh, traditional therapy, um, it's not really appealing to, 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 uh, to veterans or, or first responders. Um, and so um, while we're talking through some of these things, we're also learning about horses. They're learning the skill. They're, they're building this confidence. They're, they're leading this, you know, 1,200-pound animal. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we take them, you know, we start in the stall. You know, we put, we put these horses in a stall, 12 by 12. And we have two vets or two first responders or a mixture of both and they're together. And it's a little uncomfortable because you have this 1200 pound horse and, and you're in their world. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, but, but it, it allows you to, to start, you know, uh, recognizing some of the, the, the fears in your life. And it's just really amazing how it starts off. I'm a little nervous and anxious around this horse because horses are big. And then next day, you know, 10 minutes later, we're in a conversation about, you know, we're driving through Baghdad. We're getting to this place where usually there's a lot of people. There is no people. Then all of a sudden, bang, you know, this happens, man. And I just, I've never told anybody that, um, not even my therapist, right? So you, I'm looking at a man who's been going to therapy for, you know, 20 years, uh, who have, who has not told his therapist that. And I say, well, what do you tell him? And well, I just tell him I'm anxious. Right. And so I, I'm like, well, maybe you need to tell him this incident, right? So you can get to the root cause, yeah. uh, and you can, and you can get some help. And so we do a lot of that. We do a lot of facilitating, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of like uh, organizing and, and we, we have some fun too. So they get in the round pin. It's a 60 foot circle. If you're not familiar with the round pin is and they, and they get to exercise the horse. Uh, they use their leadership. Uh, they use their body language. They learn how to commute, not uh, communicate non-verbally, which helps with interpersonal issues. Um, and next thing you know, uh, the next time they come to the farm, they have boots on, right? Then the next time they might have a cowboy hat and they're just really all in. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, they're just loving awesome. it. But what, but what's really cool is after the day's over, uh, the guys, they want to hang around and they want to continue mm -hmm. to talk to one another. And that's kind of a measure a measurement for me. Mm -hmm. That's like a report card. Like, are these sure. guys going to be in a hurry to leave? Because oftentimes when they come, they're, they, they're just broken hearted. They're tense. They're sizing each other up. They're wondering what they can say around each other. And then sure. before they leave, man, they're like, Hey, I'm going to send you a friend request. Hey man, I'm going yeah. to the, I'm going, I'm going to this, this Louisville bats game. Uh, if you want to go to the bats game, let's meet up. And that's, that's the win because we can't, we have over 200 events a year uh, for veterans and first responders, uh, but we can't have 365. Right. And so those other days, you know, the win is when they can communicate, connect on their own 
and develop their own support system. And then they just right. come to us for a tune-up, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. the, equine, the equine mentoring, um, we call it mentoring instead of therapy. Therapy is sometimes a dirty word in our community. Um, sure. and, and, and really more, and really the way that we go about it isn't necessarily the secular approach. Um, it's more what God says about trauma, right? What the Bible mm. says about trauma and, and about manhood, authentic manhood and about, you know, these different things that we face as men, uh, because this is just my belief. Not everybody has to share my belief, but, but I believe, you know, we can cut out the middleman here, you know, let's cut out the middleman. We don't have any more time to waste. I know that yeah. I suffered for a long time. Some of these, some, some of these folks are suffering for decades. Let's just get to the source. Let's get you on the road to feeling better. And, and in turn, when you feel better, the family feels better. I believe that I've seen it. I've seen restoration uh, in the lives of so many fathers and, 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 uh, and, and children. In fact, I, I told, I was talking to George the other day, and, and uh, one of the things we do is we have range days where we go to the gun range, and uh, depending on mm. who brings the food, it's either bullets and barbecue, right, or it's uh, pistols and pizza. It's a corny, it's, it's, it's a, it's a corny name, it. but it's catchy. I love right? it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up on the next one. We need to, yeah, so, we'll, we'll come to one. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah so, free, so free pizza, we have our own little room. We talk a little bit about gun storage and safety, nothing invasive, but just, you know, we just say, hey, man, where's your guns? Oh, they're under the pillow. Well, maybe it shouldn't be under yeah. the pillow, you know, that kind of thing. But then we go and, and shoot. And then I, I caught a lot of heat from that, to be honest, uh, from some people who would call and say, Jeremy, I don't think you should be taking folks who may have PTSD to the range. Uh, I think that's dangerous. And, uh, you know, my response has always been uh, vet veterans are going to shoot anyway. Um, we can't stop that. Yes. Don't want to stop that. That's their right to do that. But we're in a controlled environment. Um, but one thing uh, that is true that I've seen and acknowledged is that uh, if there's one thing that we're good at, whether you're a, uh, in law enforcement or whether you're a veteran or active duty, we know how to shoot, right? That's something that never leaves. We always know how to shoot. And so some of these guys are so brokenhearted that they don't really feel like they have anything to teach their children. They don't feel like they have any worth. But one thing's for sure, man, they know how to send a round down range, right? So. I've seen dads take two daughters in this little small space, you know, this little uh, in the range, this little small space, and just teach how to shoot, how to hit targets, and just watching, watching these guys light up and go, no, this is what you got to do. Breathe, relax, aim, squeeze, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then you see these, these, these teenage girls going, this is so cool. Like, this is so cool. This is so fun. And then watching them come back. And the next day, you know, this whole relationship has restoration and right. the father and the father leaves with his chest out, you know, like, like he used to. And, and he yeah. has this and, and they come and say, Jeremy, you know, thanks for hosting this, you know, thanks for providing this. And so I'll always do that. I'll always measure that against the potential negative outcome. Right. Because there's negative there's potential negative in everything. But if I see if I see one uh, family, you know, mm -hmm. go through that and work through that, that's worth it. Yeah. Uh, it's worth it's worth taking the risk and and uh we haven't had any issues and uh everybody there is having fun you can't be mad with pizza and 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 uh and and rifles right you just who, who's ever been mad with both of those but but nonetheless yeah. man those are the things that that we focus on so um you know when I, when i tell people about what we do they they mainly brandon they get caught up in the horses because horses are cool I, yeah. you know i live in i live in kentucky um you know we are arguably the the horse capital of the world 
I will say For that sure. in other in other states that people do think that everybody in Kentucky has four or five horses in their backyard, but but they don't. Yeah. George, George knows he's the he's the uh, you know serve in this area, but sure. you no know, man, like um, they they like, they like that and that's cool, but but really uh, when they start getting involved in what we do. Um, they start realizing that it's much deeper than horses. Mm-hmm. It's much deeper than yeah. the range. It's much. All those are is is a is a is a segue into some deeper conversation. Right. But but sure. uh, there's one there's one gentleman in particular. In fact, he come by our headquarters today um, with his son Casey, who is a sophomore in college, and um, his 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 son never would would join us. He's been with us almost since the inception of the organization before it was actually an organization. And he's hung in there with us and he's, he's made some uh, crazy improvements, but now his son, not only does his son want to hang out with him, he literally follows him to all of our events. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just wants to hang out with his dad, but now awesome. he, he's like, I want to join the Navy. When I get out of college, I want to be oh, a man. corpsman. Yeah. I want to be a corpsman like my dad. That's awesome. Like this come from a kid who didn't want to be around him, felt afraid to be around him, you know, walking on eggshells, all the, now all of a sudden he, that's all he wants to do. And I just, that right there is the victory. Like if that's Absolutely. all we ever did, that's the win because it also filters in to the, to the, to the wife, right? Because right. she's like, Oh man, what's more beautiful than seeing my son and my husband and my daughters and my husband come together. And all this is the same family I'm telling you about. So um, that's just one of man, many examples I can give you, but, uh, but yeah, so the equine therapy, I know I went the long way around that and I apologize, but yeah, it's, it's, no, it's really good. using it's- yeah, it's really using horses um, to create uh, a little bit of a barrier when it's awkward and, and when, you know, um, when you're face to face and you're trying to talk about your hard day, it creates a, a nice, be- I call it a beautiful distraction. Uh, I know horses help me personally uh, in my recovery. Um, and, and I'm still, let's be honest, man, I'm still recovering, right? I think, I think we'll all recover in our own way, in our own fight until the end, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um so, but no, man, it's, it's, it's really cool to watch. It's a really good program. I, I love it. I, I've done so, so far to date in the last four years, we've done 378 uh, equine sessions. Those are wow. generally on Saturdays. I've been to 377. I've facilitated all of those. Wow. Um, nice. I, I don't generally miss. And the one I missed, I had severe like FOMO uh, about it. Um, but man, I just, I just love that program. And, and no matter how big we get, like I'll always make time for that because it, I want to be where, where, where the, I want to be in the trenches with these folks. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an NCO at heart. I want to be boots on ground. I want to be in the fight with them and let them know that, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're in the same boat, you know, we're just, we're just trying to do the best we can. So, uh, fill up their toolbox, but that's one of the ways we do it. Yeah. I, I love that. I feel like so many people, um, need nature and they, they need that, <laughs> that nature therapy. And, um, for me personally, uh, like if I, if I go for a walk, I just want to go and try to do as much as I can in any kind of environment that has nature or God's beauty in it. Cause it's, yeah. there's just something about it just kind of resetting the brain and getting out of the normal hustle and bustle environment. Um, but there was also something you had mentioned that, that really, um, intrigued me. And I wanted to encourage the dads that are listening, which mm-hmm. is when you go home and you're trying to make that change, um, I always say be the lighthouse. You know, the waves are going to crash into you because they're, they've always crashed into you, but you have, to be, you have to be still and stoic. And so when you're a leader, regardless of what is going to crash into you, you can't be mad at it. You can't react to it in a negative way. You just have to be, you have to stand strong and firm. And, you know, over time, 
that consistency that you ex- you express and you you act out that behavior that's when the trust and things build it's not like just because you've decided overnight that you're you've instantly right. changed your life because you really have mentally but mm-hmm. to your family it's going to take longer for that to a, that that negativity and that bitterness to kind of switch from that to appreciation and love and, and kindness. And so I just want to encourage, especially the dads that are vets, man, just, just keep, even if it's a small change every day, I say that often, you know, just keep, keep at it, man, because you can't let discouragement and outside uh, sources change hmm. the, the direction that you've decided to go on for the target. So, so yeah, I would want to encourage dads for that part, but yeah. And, and the way uh, that you kind of stay, I'll let you, sorry, Justin, just one, one no, thing good. to add in, uh, in the way that you stay that lighthouse though, is, um, I think mighty Oaks does a pretty good job of talking about this. Jeremy, it sounds like you're, you're really doing this with your group is, um, promoting how men need other men in their lives to, yes, yes. to when they come off the mountain, when they're back in the, in the, the thick of it, um, you need that outlet. You need another guy yeah. who's been it, who, who understands it. Maybe who's more experienced than you, right? Maybe they're they're further along mm-hmm. in their life and marriage, and they have that experience to to support you, to hear you, but also to challenge you when you're like, you know, oh, my wife did this, and they'll be like, who cares? <laughs> you did this, so fix it, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, I, for me personally, there was a couple times when I left Mighty Oaks um, before I'd been back and I met you, um, where I I had to call up a guy from my group who was, uh, you know, he had been blown up by an IED. And uh, he, he was in a wheelchair and I was, you know, called him up or, and my wife and I had been in a horrible argument and he was like, just leave. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I've seen you, you're a fit guy. Just literally go on a jog or something, like leave your house. I can't do that. And I was like, oof. Oh, yeah, okay, you're right. you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. completely just disarmed all my, all my objections and all my excuses like, like that. And that's convicting. If I, if, yeah. If, and, he, he had checked in on me, like, how you doing? And I said, not so good. And he called me like 10 times and finally I picked up. So it was him actually who kind of got me out of my stuff in, on a bad day. And um, yeah, so if I wouldn't have, you know, had that guy in my life to challenge me, I probably yeah. would have just, you know, kept doing the wrong thing. So yeah, you, you don't have to be the lighthouse alone in your family. Yes, right. but sure. you, need, you need a bunch of other guys behind you who can kind of yeah. be in your corner fighting for you yeah absolutely so i heard a message a few a few different messages from what you're saying jeremy and one of them was something that i've actually learned from an old mentor of mine and he used to tell me confidence uh breeds uh contentment but in a good way uh he yeah. said that when you're content with your life and you're happy you feel success you feel fulfillment you feel the things that a lot of people don't feel that void uh so when you're confident about something, you have to practice it and you need yeah. to practice a lot of things like dealing with traumas. You need to practice. And, you know, I know it has a horrible, horrible stigma, but uh, people say therapy is just, you know, oh, you're mentally ill. No. Well, you know, you get sick. That means you're ill. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if, yeah. if everybody has a mental illness of some sort and you have to feed things positively to your mind, you have to, you know, find healthy outlets like exercise, like music, like whatever mm-hmm. you can find. And, and what you said about the, the shooting, <clears throat> I think that's a, a wonderful thing because those men were confident in what they were doing. They're, yeah. they're sharing their confidence with somebody. And, and I've heard the phrase, um, it, I think it goes, uh, practice makes perfect. Well, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Practice makes improvement. And I think right. that is something that we all need to yeah. practice more is just 
dealing with our stuff and our traumas, because I'll tell you what, if you look at every failed relationship, and this is something my therapist and I talked about after I went through a divorce, uh, George can tell you, uh, and my brother as well, um, very, very toxic relationship, uh, just dark, dark times in my life. And I, I put myself in therapy because I knew I needed to deal with what I was thinking about because you have to be able to love yourself and forgive others before yeah. you can move on and love somebody else. And so it, it was a, it was a little bit of a long road and George was my person, you know, he would, he'd pull me out of it and he's like, well, what'd you do wrong? And I'm like, wait, what? You're supposed to be on my side, man. <laughs> that's, that's um, good. Yeah. But no, like it, he, he pulled me out of some dark times. And, and like I said, music was an outlet. Um, music is huge for me because I can yeah. kind of walk away. And, and it's so funny. You said Corey Taylor, that <laughs> man's music, oh, man, I can't tell you how many songs by him or by Slipknot that I used to listen to when I was getting out my rage or my anger or my upset, because, you know, people who tell you they're not angry, they're full of it. You know, oh, yeah, every, yeah. everybody has that anger, you know, uh, it's like the Hulk. He's like, how did, uh, how do you always, how are you always this powerful? And he's like, cause I'm always angry, you know, like <laughs> it, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to have your feelings. And that's a thing that, you know, another stigma that, that men get, like, you're not allowed to be angry. You're not allowed to have, these feelings and it's like no you absolutely are um but another you know word i wanted to use was support mm, yeah. uh, not enough people and one of the things that men need especially as husbands and most definitely as fathers is support yes because if you think about you know, like you said mothers uh mothers need support um yeah. especially like i'm in the newborn phase and i'm i just started a new career my wife is she's a physician so she's incredibly busy and she comes home drained, but she she doesn't complain. She just gets after it and she's making bottles because uh, she has him on a strict sleep and feed schedule. And we're going to go over that as well for new dads, because that's like the hardest year is that first year getting them off the ground, trying mm -hmm. to keep them from eating everything and, you know, or killing themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nose yeah. diving off of everything. Little suicide babies, you know. <laughs> But uh, my wife, no you know, she comes home at five o'clock and and she just got done seeing 100, 200 patients or however mm. many. I'm, I'm probably way out of the ballpark. It's probably more or less than that. But um, and she's she's doing stuff with the baby. And there's days where she's like, why aren't you helping me? I'm like, are you serious? But then I stop and I'm like, yeah, I could do more, you know, like and and that book that we're actually reading right now. And we were supposed to go over it today, but we have some things in the works with that. We'll talk about it later. But um it's it's really helped me. Um, I'm starting to see a lot of my own selfishness and things. And I think it's good that if you have some support, uh, you can get through anything. And I, I think yeah. that's what, what's beautiful about your program. Like men need support. And we're so afraid to tell people that. I don't know why, yeah. but like we're yeah. we're bravado. We're independent. We can't we can't have we can't be seen as weak. But yeah. at the end of the day, we are weak on the inside and we need that support. And like you said, when someone comes home and they they, they're ready to go. They got the wind in their sails. And then someone just gut checks them with, oh, well, you, yeah. you said you're going to do that at four. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you're taking the wind out of their sails. And yeah. that could yeah. that could turn that ship right around. You know what I mean? So I think that was probably the most important thing I've heard you say yeah. to me. It stood out. I was like, ooh. Yeah, and that's why you just you can never do it alone, right? And it, it's foolhardy to think you're ever going to do anything alone, right? Like what? Yeah. What in life do you do alone without any coaching or help or, or input from anyone and do well at? I mean, mm -hmm. if you want to learn an yeah. instrument, you go get a teacher, right? If you want to yeah. <laughs> learn a profession, you got to go to school for it or whatever, right? So 
Um, well, I, I think we need to prioritize authentic relationships with other men. You know, I, uh, I think we think that's an option. You know, we, we have to quit looking at that, that that's an option. You know, I, I don't, I mean, I know George and I'm just meeting you guys, but man, one of the most exciting things about coming on tonight was because I was getting ready to hang with some guys. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's something inherently in our hearts that, that we want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And when we should want to do that. And uh, you're right, you, you need... The other thing about the, the, you know, I'll tell some guys when they talk about, you know, I want to be a good dad, but, but my kid doesn't respect me or my mm-hmm. wife doesn't appreciate it. And I tell them, well, you're not supposed to do it for that. Like, it's not about you being happy. You don't do it because you want to be happy. You do it because it's your, it's what your, it's your responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the goal, I mean, obviously you want to be happy, but that can't be your, that can't be your motivation because happiness is circumstantial. Yep. Right. So whether you're happy or not, you have to you have to man up. You have to be a dad. Right. You have to be a husband. I got I, you know, we don't at least I don't I don't wake up every day uh, in love with my wife. It doesn't mean I don't love her, but I have to choose that. Right. I have to choose to love her. Same way with my kids. I mean, you know, especially, um, you know, and some people think when you have younger kids, I can't wait till they get older because it's going to be easier. But it, but it really isn't. You know, there's some days I wake up, you know, I'm like man, I really don't want to be bothered with any of this. Right. Because I'm, because I'm just a human, I'm, I'm a human and, and I'm a, and, and, you know, I'm imperfect, but I have to choose in that moment to go, Hey, the, the, you know, this was never like, this is not an option. Like I did this. I helped create life. It's my, it's my responsibility and my privilege. Right. right. It's my Absolutely. privilege to fight, to, to fight through this so that I can be everything I need to be because uh, one of the things I used to think about, Brandon, when you asked me, like when when things started getting real about being a dad, I just kept saying, you know, and I, and I have I have two stepdaughters and I have a daughter of my own, and my stepdaughters are are 15 and 18, and my daughter will be 21 in November, and then I have a 13 year old son, um, but I would just say, would I want to be who my daughters marry? You know, like mm. would I or would I want them to yeah. be like me? Would I want them to choose a husband that's like me? And if I can't say yes. Man, that's that's a red flag because that's that's who they're looking at. They're going to look at me, and that's what they're going to they're going to use me as a baseline uh, when they go when they go out looking for what they think a man should do. And if I'm not doing the right things, then if there is a if there is a guy out there who's wanting to do the right things, but they don't know what that looks like, they may pass on this guy and right. go be with this knucklehead because I've been a knucklehead, right? Yeah, and so, absolutely. It's, it's way bigger than what we feel in the moment. I, I try to tell guys, quit worrying about what you feel and start thinking about the facts of, of what you what you have to do here. Um, sure. Yes, if we could be happy, let's be happy. But let's, be, let's face it, we're not always going to be happy every day. Yeah. But we have to choose to teach. We have to choose to mentor. We have to choose to love. And we have to choose to mm-hmm. set the example. Um, and what I found out, the more that you do that, the more uh, reps you do, the more you, happier you become because yeah. – everybody's yeah. getting what they need so yeah i think i think that's a huge deal you know when when my dad died in uh in september of 2020 i told you all at the beginning he was really in and out um a lot really um he was more like my dad uh, was more like a person i knew uh mm. more like an more like an acquaintance right like yeah it's dad but you know i, I could honestly at one, at one point in my life i could give or take him to be honest because i just didn't have that that relationship wow. but when he passed, man, I remember being up. Um, he, I didn't even know he was sick because that, our relationship was so estranged. I didn't even know he was sick. Uh, and so I get a call from from my aunt who says, hey, hey, Jeremy, your dad wants you to come up here. He's at the hospital. We don't know how much longer he has. He had some liver cancer, some other things going on. 
And uh, I said, uh, I mean, honestly, just transparency, guys, part of me was like, ah, you reap what you sow, yeah. right? Because I had that resentment, that bitterness, that unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, of, in my mind, I'm going, well, where was he when I made the football team? Like, where was he, you know, that kind of, where was he mm -hmm. when I graduated boot camp? When I, whatever, right? And, uh, but, you know, um, I, my faith tells me that that's not how we should respond, right? And so that's then good. I started, I started thinking about, is, is my dad have a relationship with Christ? And if he doesn't have a relationship with Christ, no matter the no matter the way I feel about him, God doesn't care, right? Like I I need to go share the good news with my dad, right? So I go up there and and uh, and come to, and come to find out he did later in life, um, you know, become saved and things like that, but. But we're just sitting there and, and and he's i mean i just look at my frail dad and, and i just you know i'm just it's very emotional and i just remember him looking up he had a tear one tear in his eye and he says you broke the cycle um it was it was the the most powerful thing that i think he's ever told me and i didn't i didn't, I didn't register at first because i was just kind of in an emotional roller coaster there but uh but when i go to think about it like his dad wasn't a good dad either and his dad's dad wasn't a good dad, right? Yeah, and so, right. Uh, so in that moment, I come to terms with how can I expect him to be, right? Yeah. If nobody taught him, I couldn't go next door and do a do a heart surgery because I haven't been trained. Somebody would die, right? Uh, but yet here I am expecting my dad to to know something that he hasn't yeah. been trained on. So then I started the forgiveness process, man. But but one of the greatest things as a father that's ever happened to me. Um, is to, to see him look up and say, you broke the cycle. And yeah. the, the good news is, guys, is that because I made that decision when I did, Brandon, uh, when I really got real about being a dad, my, my kids have never experienced that. They'll never feel what I felt in that moment. They, they'll never have to do that. And, and, and I'm grateful for that. But that's how important our legacy is, right? Absolutely. Um, what we leave behind, what, what do we want them to remember us as? Uh, because that's all we're going to be at some point. And our hope is always our kids outlive us. And I want them to, number one, say, my dad loved Jesus, but number he loved me so much. And anything else, my titles, my resume, the awards on the wall, they're going to go in some somebody's closet somewhere and collect dust. And it, it's not going to matter. Right. But we sacrifice, we sacrifice our legacy for these pieces of paper and frames often, man, or that or that money, that that extra, you know, ten thousand dollars a year or you know, we just sacrifice so much, but, but, but man, as, as I start to be more intentional about being a father, I've recognized that that stuff doesn't phase me as much as to, to see, to be sitting there watching TV and have my 15 year old grab my hand and just show that affection, man, it's the greatest feeling in the world. I can't, yeah. I can't even, I've nothing I've ever accomplished have replicated that, but, yeah. but that's just the, you know, just a quick story. And I, I didn't want to take that down this kind of sad, but I, I just think it's important to know that that we have the ability, whether we had good fathers in our lives or not, we do have the ability to change our, to create our legacy and to be good. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just fortunate that, that, uh, that I had some good people who kind of come alongside and kind of taught me that. Uh, but m mainly, uh, scripture taught me that, you know, uh, because he is, he is the greatest father, right? So yeah, I thought sure. if nobody else can teach me that, I'm going to look, I'm going to look here. Right. And sure enough, man made a world of difference, but I just wanted to share that, share that with y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Like, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, after I was talking about support, it made me think about something. So 
there was a study that I actually talked about with my therapist at one point, and it was about the fact that nine out of 10 men would rather talk to a male about their issues and their traumas than a female because men, one, don't want to look weak. And two, they're willing to confide in men because brotherhood is something that not a lot of people talk about, but if you have it, you are good. You're, you can deal with anything with the right men at your side well, because you're, you're you can feed off of that. Yes, yes, yeah. you are. And I want to talk about my dad because you you brought up yeah. dads. Yeah, well, um, yeah. This, this is actually something I've never shared with anyone but my therapist. Brandon probably hasn't even heard this one yet. But um, so um, <laughs> it's about to get juicy. Uh, when I was considering divorce, um, I was ashamed. I was feeling guilt. Um I was struggling with a lot of thoughts and my father broke generational traumas. He brought my, uh, my grandfather was an ex pro boxer from, from what I understand. He was an alcoholic. Uh, he beat my uncle so bad. He knocked out like seven teeth, knocked him down a flight of wow. stairs. Just a horrible human being. Um, beat my grandmother, beat my, my aunt, my dad, my dad's the only one who would stand up to him. Um, he died at the dinner table when my dad was nine years old. Uh, my dad said, and he's the nicest person I know, uh, he's my best friend. And he said, it was a blessing when he died. That's how horrible his life was yeah. before him. And he regret, he, he actually, uh, we had a very long conversation about this one night and, uh, he teared up and he, he said he, he regrets the way he feels, but he doesn't take back how he felt because of what he went through. And he dealt with things in his own way. He's a workaholic. He's a gymaholic. I mean, he's in his sixties and he's better shape than most 20 year olds. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Cause my dad and I were taking a walk and I'll never forget this. He said, Justin, are you happy? And I just started crying. I was, uh, sorry, there was a gnat. I just started crying and he just hugged me and he said, look, you get one life to live, do what your heart tells you. He said, but at the end of the day, never feel ashamed of the man you are. He said, because you make me proud every day. And I want you to do what is right for you. He said, it's not selfish to want nice things for yourself and to want a good life for yourself. So if, if you can do me one favor while I'm still on this earth, I would like to see you happy with a son or, or a daughter. And I would like to see you with kids. We've, we've talked about you being a father. I would, I would like that because that's your legacy and it's part of mine. And I'll tell you what, man, you know what? The next day, <laughs> I hate to say this and admit this, but uh, <laughs> I made that decision and it was to move forward. And, and you know, not everybody's right for each other. Um, I'm not right. going to speak ill of my ex, but um, things just weren't right. And it was very hard, very traumatic. But uh, I made that decision. And I think my dad was a big, big part of that, because when when she was resistant against my family, and I'm very protective of my father because he's my best friend. When she, the, the straw that broke the camel's back is when she said, you'll end up a loser like your father. Wow. That's wow. the thing I never shared with anybody. When she said yeah. that to me, ooh, it lit me up, man. If you talk about my father, you're, that's the quickest way for me to dislike you. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, when she said that, and I had that conversation with my father and he, he when I told him about that, he just kind of laughed it off. and was like, you know, not every everybody's going to like you. Oh, man. Like man. I was like, yep, give me those papers. <laughs> I know that's horrible to say, but that's that's exactly what happened, because I believe in my father and he yeah. he, he raised us 
in the best way possible. He's he's worked his butt off his entire life. So yeah, that's uh that's kind of kind of what led me down that road. And 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 I'm so thankful because now I have my son. Now I've got my wife. Uh, I have a beautiful life. Things have just fallen together, like you said, the grace of God. It's His timing. Uh, yeah. and, and my wife now, she puts, you know, God in our relationship. We're very big in church. You can ask my brother, he loves her <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> good, good, my man. family, my family adores her. They actually take her side more than mine. So that means I've got some things to work on. Evidently. Yeah. We love Auntie ZZ. <laughs> yeah, man. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, no. So one of the things that's just so, so profound for me and my journey, and one of the things that's resounding in this conversation that we kind of haven't covered yet, and I'd love to cover this is forgiveness. Um, there's a, there's a quote that says to err is human and to forgive is divine. And so one of the things we have to understand is forgiving people is not for them. It's for us. It's to free us from bitterness, from anger, resentment. Yeah. It's a poison that just latches on. And I, I think when we forgive people, or we forgive ourselves, there's, there's two types of forgiveness. It's ourselves and, and others. And it allows us to love again. So I think I think forgiveness is such a vital thing that we need to be practicing, especially as as uh, men, because men are naturally so prideful and so <laughs> egotistical, and they gotta, you know, they gotta be this big guy. And you can't tell me this. I'm gonna fire back and hit, hurt you too. And it's like, no, break that cycle and be be the first person to forgive, um, yeah. be the bigger man, and yeah. you know, swallow that that pride and. Uh, show humility, humility, and you know the forgiveness. The perfect example, like like Jeremy said, Christ forgave us all. You know, and it it takes sacrifice. That's one of the yeah. things that a lot of people don't realize is forgiveness does take sacrifice. It's sacrificing something like Christ sacrificed His body, but we sacrifice our egos. We sacrifice our pride and all these things that we mm. want to say when we're angry. But I, I think it's just so important for people to realize that. Pr- practicing forgiveness is going to be one of the most freeing things for yourself, not for the other person. And I'm so proud, Jeremy, of what you've done with your dad. You forgave him and, you know, you, you, you showed the example and, and hopefully you led him to Christ, you know, um, because no man deserves to go uh, to his death without, without him in hand. So, yeah. And I I would kind of love to hear what you guys have thoughts on with the the forgiveness part, but man, I love that. That's so good. If I can, I I got, a little bit to tack onto the forgiveness element. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. So my, my parents divorced when I was 16 and uh, it was really messy. Uh, you know, I got caught in the middle of it all. You know, I was older, so they would tell me things and all that kind of stuff. But long story short, you know, I ended up having a, just a, an extreme amount of bitterness towards my dad. Um, most of it probably misplaced in hindsight, right? Just looking at things. Um, and I spent almost a decade, you know, just actually I did spend a decade, you know, just seeing him the bare minimum, really not being involved in his life or letting him be involved in mine. And, you know, I just look back on it and just, I regret that. Um, but it wasn't until I decided to just forgive him and feel empathy for all the things that he was going through. And, and then I was like thinking about it from his point of view, man, he's not even, I haven't even allowed him in my life, you know? And I just, until I, I, I just, I put that down and said, I'm just not going to carry this anymore is when we were able to reestablish relationship, like legitimate relationship, not, Hey, how are you type of thing? And, uh, man, I'm so glad that I, I allowed myself to (laughs) embrace the forgiveness of that because from that point forward, I mean, it was just like a light switch. Um, the next time I saw him, I was just like, Hey, look, dad, I, 
I'm sorry. And I just want to put the past behind us. And, you know, I just want to, I want to have my dad in my life, you know, um, yeah. I, I just straight up don't care about the past anymore. And I'm sorry that I was angry at you and, and all those kinds of things. And like from that moment on, um, I mean, I, I love my dad so much, you know, and, uh, I'm just so thankful that, um, we've been able to have relationship again and it, it's so good. And, um, yeah, I just, it, what, what it taught me to is just don't, don't allow bitterness to take yeah. root because it really, it, you're just robbing yourself of something. Even if you never reestablish connect, like maybe it's someone who's, you know, they're an addict or they've done horrible things and they don't deserve to have a relationship. You still need boundaries, right? It's not, yeah. I'm not saying don't have healthy boundaries, but you can forgive that person for the wrong they've done and still keep your healthy boundaries and not carry around that bitterness with you. Um, you can take that off your back, you know? And there's something just really beautiful about that. And I think that's why Jesus was so big on us forgiving others is because yeah. um, you're, you're, you're kind of like stabbing yourself if you just hang on to it. I don't, I don't, it's just a, it's a weird thing. And when you, when you finally stop and just let it go, you know, you, you stand a little bit taller, it's freeing, it's liberating. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just in my personal life with my dad, thankfully that we've, you know, now for the last next, the last 10 years, <laughs> it's yeah. been good. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, th I think with forgiveness, if we don't forgive, I think it's the equivalent of drinking poison, expecting someone else to die. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm sure you guys have heard that, but you know, the, the thing about, you know, forgiveness is it's not letting someone off the hook. You know, mm -hmm. it's important to note that you're, you're not, they're not, it's it, number one, we can't look at life as a competition, but you're not letting them off the hook. You're doing what's best for you. Right. Um, because, chances are the person that you don't forgive isn't really worried about your forgiveness or they probably wouldn't have put you in that position anyway. So what are you going to do? Just let it eat you yeah. uh, for years and years and years, you know, and there's this false, like Brendan said, there's this false sense of bravado um, with men. Um, and, and I'm really, what I think it is, I think it's really fear. You know, we're trying to mask, we're trying to put this mask on to cover mm -hmm. fear, to cover insecurity and, 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 and those things. And, you know, one of the one of the things I do is, is, is I do I do jail ministry. Right. So I'll, I'll walk into a dorm and, and I'll tell guys, I just want to let you know right now that all you are weak. Right now, imagine that. Right. This guy walks in. And he goes, I'm like, you are weak. I'm weak. You're weak. We're all weak. We're all weak, man. They're like, oh, weak. You yeah. are. Because if you weren't weak, then there wouldn't be there wouldn't be jails. Right. We wouldn't need jails. We wouldn't need organizations like mine. And it's not bad to be weak. And it doesn't have anything to do with what you bench press or what you curl. Right. It's about um, we we can't do life by ourselves. We can't do it. We're not designed to do it. And and, uh, and we have the strength in Christ that only he can provide. But when we tr when we try to do things ourselves, that's where the unforgiveness comes. That's where that yeah. that pride and ego and really pride and ego is just a mask for, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to pretend I know what I'm doing. So you don't think ill of me. And that's why authentic relationships yeah. are important. We should like, even just now meeting some of you guys, I should, our next conversation in reality, if I had something on my chest, I should be able to just open up to you all and say, Hey, this is whether it's embarrassing, whether no matter what, I should be able to say that and, 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 and have some good feedback. Right. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's what it really is. That's the, that's the transparency level. I think there's five levels of transparency and transparency being the fifth level. But, you know, we have these cliche levels, right? Where we're just kind of, uh, uh, how you doing, man? I'm good. You know, yeah. we're all, we're all about that. I'm good. But, but I think if we don't practice forgiveness, then we're not teaching our children either. 
Mm. We're not teaching our children. Like, like for example, in our house, um, we don't say sorry. Uh, we say, will you forgive me? Because I just think it, it's just, it's just heavier and it, it just, it just hits different. Right. Um, sorry is something that my kids do when I, when I say, Hey, you shouldn't have done that. You need to, you know, apologize. I'm sorry. Right. You don't, you don't know how yeah, to do yeah. I'm sorry, but you're not really sorry. You're just yeah. sorry. You got caught. Right. But forgiveness right. to look at somebody and say, Hey, I forgive you. And what that does is when you forgive others, that might be the one thing that, that softens their heart, right? That takes their heart of stone and puts a heart of flesh. And then they go, man, if this guy can forgive me, then I need to start forgiving people. You may create this whole domino effect of forgiveness. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're honoring and glorifying God in that, but we're, we're creating better people when we do that. Mm. So forgiveness is bigger than just us. Yeah. We have to get out of that mindset of it's about what I feel. No, it's about how's it going to impact everyone around us in our environment. And more importantly, like I, I want my kid, you know, I tell my kids, you know, uh, life is life is a, um, a a long road of forgiveness. Sure, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Right, yeah, that's I mean, what I say. And, that's good. Uh, yeah, I believe that. And they're like, yeah. well, am I going to have to always forgive people? Like they look at it, you know, because they're you're younger and the teenagers are starting to get a little bit, but they're still in their own way too. They're they're pretty self centered at this point, and that's just normal development. But like they say, you know. Um, I can't forgive everybody for everything when they keep doing the same. Yes, you can. You have to, because that's what God did, right? God, yeah, God, God one of God's last prayers is, "Father, forgive them." Mm-hmm. So they know not what they, they do. do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, and, and and so, I just tell them, just expect to have a lifetime of forgiveness. And once you come to terms with that, and you embrace that, and know forgiveness is a beautiful thing, and quit look at it as a uh, a, a submissive or weak. Um, you know, uh, you know, issue, look at it as strength. I mean, Absolutely. if it was easy, then we would be better at it. Right. It's yeah, not yeah. easy. Yeah, right. So anyway, man, I do, I do say that all the time, not just to my kids, but just to people, you know, I think life in general is just a long, long road of forgiveness. Yeah, that's um, good. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. I like for, it. Forgiveness can be hard, especially if you're forgiving your twin for being, uh, an alumni, this, you know. Yeah. Uh, now I see where the UK come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a bunch of SEC. You got a bunch of SEC and people here. Alabama, then I'm a weird Oregon anybody fan. Anybody who thinks this is Alabama, uh, no, thank That's you. Atlanta, you know, right? There's no this mullet. Is Atlanta on it. Braves, baby. It's Atlanta Braves. Well, so. to, to go back to what you were saying, Jeremy, um, I, I thought it was really beautiful when you were talking about your kids and forgiveness. Like I ask my children to forgive me when I'm wrong all the time because they yeah. need to know that their dad is not perfect and they need to know that there's times i need to practice humility and and come to them with an apology but one of the things that we go further on is when we ask our children to apologize to each other when they've wronged each other is to not only just say i'm sorry that i did this and that it did this to you or it hurt your feelings in this way Mm -hmm. do you forgive me Mm -hmm. and then we let the other kids say i forgive you and so not only is there a practicing of, of saying sorry, but there's also the practicing of grace and the practicing yeah. of forgiveness. And I think one of the other good things, going back to the forgiveness point, my last point on it, is that it gets you out of the victim mode. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, people want to sulk. People want to stay sad <laughs> when they are sad. And I've experienced that personally in depression and anxiety. And so you got to get yourself out of that victim mentality and you've got to realize that you're the only person that's going to dig yourself out. You're the only person that can forgive yourself and True. love yourself. And then you yeah. can forgive others and deal with your traumas and your, your heartaches and your past pains and you can grow from them. And not only yes. that, but you're going to fix previous behaviors that were caused by those. 
So right. I, yeah, forgiveness and empathy are such yeah. a beautiful thing tied hand in hand. I mean, there. There, there's a verse from the Bible: "Love covers a multitude of sins." So, um, <laughs> true. You know, what this is just true, you know. Uh, choosing choosing love and un unconditional love is is that when it's <laughs> when the conditions aren't great, it's choosing <laughs> to love when things aren't good. So you know, that's it's not a natural human trait, right? We we want to be nice to people who are nice to us. It's, it's a yeah. rough moments. You have yeah. to choose and commit to, uh, you know, lo loving your spouse through it or, uh, loving your kids through the things they're doing. So, yeah, uh, well, yeah. It's, you know, you know, that's one thing, like, like if, if I walked up to another guy generally, and it, it, obviously it'd have to be somebody I, I kind of know on some level, but if I say, Hey, I love you, uh, it's uncomfortable for a lot of guys, right? They're like, yeah. wait a minute, man. And uh, they've never had that in their life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Either that or they have this this thought of uh, man, love's kind of this this feminine mm -hmm. weak emotion. Yeah. And and I'm like, well, have you ever loved somebody that didn't love you back? That's pretty difficult. Right. Yeah. It takes guts. Or have you mm -hmm. have you loved somebody who may not necessarily been lovable because we're called to do that too? It's not a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what we're called mm -hmm. to do. And and then when you start breaking it down like that, they're like, Okay, well, maybe love ain't weak. We just, we just really, I mean, it's all the, all the stuff that we're talking about and, and even into our, our the, being a father is we have to, we have to, like you said, humility, we have to drop that concern of this false bravado because I think it's a facade. And I think, yeah. I think mm -hmm. we don't, we're not, we're not being transparent with our kids when we do that. Yeah. If I just, yeah. if I just talk to my son about um, all the highs, you know, like, like sometimes he sees things that we do or he might see, you know, on TV or something like that. And he'll go, Dad, it was so cool, man. You were, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah. But let me tell you um, the cost of some of those things. Let me tell you the cost of success. Let me tell you some of the the road to get there and what I had to overcome to get to this point. Right. And then because I want him to have, I don't want to take away his prop being proud of me. We don't do that. But I want him to understand that that uh, you need to love the journey like you love the outcome. Yeah, because really. if you don't, if you don't, you're 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 never going to get past the journey. And so I want him to know that. Yeah, I want him to know the successes, but also want him to know the failures. Like, I am not a perfect person. Don't ever yeah. look at me as the example. I want to be one of your examples, but he is the example. Right, sure. I'm just trying to live out what he asked me to live out, the best of my ability as an imperfect man. And uh, and when you when you continuously, consistently talk about that, it really makes sense. Um, and and so I just, I just think it's really important to make sure that kids know that uh, – yeah, we win some, we lose some, uh, but failure is not fatal, right. and we only lose when we quit, right? So, yep. mm -hmm. yeah, man, I, 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 I just I, I'm big on like, you know, and so Aaron, my wife, sometimes will say, Jeremy, that you know, you really didn't have to go into you know the hardship of that because he, my my son's never going to ask that right at 13. He's not going to be like, Dad, what what went wrong, man? What yeah. went wrong? He's not going to do yeah. that, right? <laughs> but but I, I also don't want to create an expectation that's unattainable. Mm -hmm. Right. And if, and if he just sees successful things, he's going to think, Oh, that's what I have to do. Right. And then when he realizes that that's not reality yeah. and he fails and he fails and he fails, he's going to get in this dark place. Uh, he's going to, he's going to uh, be hard on himself. He's going to give up and quit. I need him to know that. No, I, I lose more than I win, son. Right. I lose more than I win every day. Right. Um, and, but we just keep getting up. We fall down uh, seven times and get up eight. Right. And that's just what yeah. we do. So yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. It's interesting too that you you kind of hit on that how uh, you need to own 
that it's not always perfect, right? And yeah, you may <laughs> have all the success right now and it's not great, but because I was just reading uh, the, the Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters book today, and there's literally yeah. a chapter on how you're supposed to teach your children humility and how crucial that is. Um, and it sounds kind of counterintuitive. It's like the more, you know, you emulate humility and teach them how important it is, the more confident they'll be. And on like a Facebook, it's like, what? No, because they're kind of like, it's like, um, if you don't do that, you're essentially setting them up for this false expectation that life is going to, you know, it'll just be all these great things. And then they're going to hit adversity and be completely shattered by it because they didn't understand that it's, it's both, right? It's, it's the good and the bad. And it is like yeah. you're saying, you get back up eight when you've been knocked down seven. Um, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot more in that chapter. It was, it's such a great, uh, point that, that, uh, Dr. Meeker makes in, in that chapter. But, uh, you know, it's just funny. You brought that up and I literally just read a chapter today that <laughs> literally from a clinical, you know, psychologist saying you have to do that. You have to tell your kids yeah. that, you know, yeah. yeah, you may have all the success and you know, all these great things, but it's like how you got there is not great. And, you know, it's, it's not perfect. And, yeah. Um, you know, all these things you're, you're just modeling, you know, with forgiveness and humility and all these things, you're, you're literally just emulating so that your kids can kind of figure it out, right? You're, you're being yeah. an example for them to, to replicate through their life. And, you know, you talked about legacy earlier, Jeremy, that's, that's why fatherhood is so important is seizing those moments while you've got them at home, um, yeah. to be that example so that they can replicate it in their lives down the road. And if you sure. don't take that seriously, um, it's gone. You can't take it back. You know, you can't, they're, once they're grown, they're gone. It doesn't, doesn't restart. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's a serious responsibility and I'm glad you called that out right from the get go, right? Yeah. It's a responsibility to be a dad. It's it, and it is, yeah. it's sure. I'd argue the most responsible, you know, the most important responsibility you'll have. And, and what we don't take the responsibility to model or emulate their peers will. Right. Yeah. They'll get it from other so, sources. Yeah. It goes back to if you don't teach your children, the world will, and yes. the world will teach them in much more brutal and harsh ways, uh, much more yeah. damaging ways too, because you know you give them grace. And I know you love acronyms, so I got two for you. Fail <laughs> first, first attempt in learning is fail, and then grace go. is God's riches at Christ's expense. That's good. Well, we're talking about uh, forgiveness and and like judgment free and That's like good. grace. Uh, one of the things I kind of wanted to touch on was I know George has said in the past, he's not a big fan of this man, but, uh, one of the people I actually like who, who's learned from his failures and you learn from other people's failures in my eyes is uh, Kobe Bryant. And I know George had some, some things to say about <laughs> it, but, uh, you know, you also got to show these guys grace because we're not, none of us are perfect. And uh, Kobe actually said something that when he retired that, that I'll never forget. It still sticks with me. He said those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times when you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired. You don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway. That's mm -hmm. actually the dream. That's the dream. It's not the destination. It's the journey. Yeah. That to me, like I, it, it took me so long to figure that out because I was doing things in a career path or in my life that didn't fulfill me, didn't make me feel good about who I was. And it wasn't until, like you guys said, like you deal with your traumas, you heal yourself, you show yourself grace, you forgive others, you forgive yourself. I realized I could take my own fulfillment, my own journey and enjoy it. And it was when I started enjoying the journey that the outcomes came. Mm -hmm. The outcomes yeah. and the success came exponentially compared to what they were before. And I was like, holy cow, it's, I'm actually like, like with my current job, I was telling George, this is my dream job. I love what I do. 
uh, the company I work for, I wake up every day ready to get after it. Like Monday, I'm like, yes, let's go. But, you know, back in my old jobs, you know, previously, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I just want to stay at home. Like, I don't want to do this, you know. So like what you have around you and what you what you do daily matters. And I think yeah. we, we've touched on, you know, careers, which is a big thing um, that can affect marriages and, and households oh, and kids. Um, but another person that was a great example of breaking generational things was um, Tiger Woods. He's one of my favorite golfers. The guy's electric. He's so much fun to watch. He's obviously he's got his demons. He's had his past, but his father um, had a lot of problems and he passed them to his son and his son used them as an excuse to do them himself. And, and Tiger fell, you know, very far from where he should have been and his legacy got hurt because of it. But you know what? He's not let that affect his son, Charlie. And if you see his son, Charlie, man, you guys need to follow him on Twitter, by the way. Funniest kid you'll ever see in sports. He gives his dad and every uh, PGA tour player so much crap on a daily basis. It's amazing. The kid's a troll and he's, he's hilarious. He's super intelligent. And I think, and mark my words, you can come back to this. He's going to be better than his father. Just watch. I know this, but he broke that, that one thing he decided to do for himself was to quit being selfish with his kid. And he, they, if you've ever seen his, um, there was like a three part series on HBO about tiger and his life. You really need to see it. It talks about generational issues and how they're passed down from the father to the son or the father to the daughter. And uh, it was just really cool to see like how far he fell and then his rise back up. And so when I saw that and then I saw him win the Masters in 19, oh, man, it, I was rooting for him, man. I was like a comeback story is so good for, for men who really like yeah. want to you know aspire to be better, you know. So, yeah, it's. It's just one of those things. I kind of took two things from from sports. That's why I love sports so much because it's always about the you know the comeback or the underdog or you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I wanted to just quickly do a little bit of a time check, Jeremy. I know it's getting a little late in Eastern time zone. Are are you still good to keep going, or do you need do we need to maybe start wrapping this up? Or yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I got I got 20 percent on my phone. Okay, my charger's not down here. But uh, but man, I'm I'm willing to go until I until until it's you know till it till it's over. All right, uh, I, I'm I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, man. Whatever you guys well, well, want to do. We will definitely have you back again. Uh, we're definitely loving yeah. this. Um, I I wanted to get back into uh, not yeah. your foundation and all that, but more about yeah, how yeah. you've balanced being a dad while you yeah. know because you're obviously really passionate about it, right? I don't think anyone can doubt yeah. that. It's something that you have a great desire to do good in the world, and that and so that's a great thing. But uh, you said it earlier too is uh, backstage was you know your your first ministry is your family, and so mm, how yeah. do you how do you balance? Because uh, you know, I think this is something that a lot of men struggle with, right? Is is we try really hard to do better at our jobs or make more money or you know provide more things for your you know, all the all these different traps um, that it's so easy for men to fall into. How do you kind of hold yourself accountable or who do you put around yourself to, um, you know, leave this good thing. It's a good thing, but too much of the good thing is taking from your family. How, how do you, how do you weigh that? How do you, you know, figure that out? Yeah. So one of the, one of the ways I do that is, you know, when, when you think about time, there, there are some people who have a lot of time, but don't use it appropriately. And then there are some that have a smaller amount of time that, that do. So, um, when I, when I, you know, set time to be with the kids, I'm very intentional. Like mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just super, super present. I mean, I, I see, you know, dads all the time who maybe have a lot of time, but they're like scrolling. Right. Um, and I've even got on some of my friends who I love, I, I love it. And, and, and we just, it's accountability. Right. But, 
mm-hmm. with their kid. Uh, we're over at their house, you know, and the kid will walk up uh, a couple times. Dad, dad, dad. He's like, wait a minute. What? You know, he's just, I, I try not to do that. You know, the time that I have with them, because they're very busy too. Like I said, I have, I have three older children and then my 13 year old, he's, he's the youngest, but they, they kind of are starting to get into their own personality and want to do certain things, but I make it a priority. For example, my, my daughter, uh, she's at first year of college at UK, by the way, uh, go cats. But anyway, um, <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't want to dance the move, but she, uh, she come home. So she come home and, and, uh, she calls, she's like, I haven't been home in three and a half weeks. Right. For her, that is, uh, uh you know, a lifetime. Yeah. And I said, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to come home and Saturday night, I want you, I want you to have dinner, uh, with us. Right. And, uh, and so she's like, okay, that's awesome. So we made this plan and, and she comes home and it's, it's, it's Saturday and I call her in the morning and I say, Hey, um, we're good for dinner. Right. We're going to have dinner. She goes, yeah, why wouldn't we be right? But then as the day went on and she started to reconnect with her friends, um, I, I, her mom got a call um, about like, Hey, is there any way we can do dinner tomorrow night? Because, and so I said, I said, no. Right. So yeah. I call, I call her back and I said, I said, Maddie, we made, we made a commitment to one another. Like I made a commitment to you. You committed to me. We're going to do this tonight. I need to see you. Right. Like I miss mm-hmm. you. It's been hard on me not seeing you come up the stairs. It's been hard on me not, not seeing you when you come home from, from work or from, you know, from, from wherever you're, wherever you've been. I need to see you. And, and, uh, and, and so just making sure that the time that you do have, that you capitalize on it, that you, that you're focused. Um, I think that's more important than, than having, you know, trying to find an abundance of time. I think it's where we get in trouble is we, we try to, we try to do too much of everything, but it's just, for me, it's, it's making use of that time. And, and I don't, I don't use my phone or I don't, I'm just, when I, when I do that, I'm just so, solely focused on her. We have good conversation or not just her, but all my kids. Um, and then they understand that I care about them because I'm putting everything away. And then when I go back into the office, I'm all business. Right. And, uh, and just, just really making sure that they know that they're a priority. If, uh, if I'm in the middle of something and they, and they call me, um, and they say, Hey, I really need to talk. Everybody around me knows that if that happens, no matter what I'm doing, I could be, I can be on a call with Corey Taylor and I'm going to say, Hey bro, I got to go. My daughter needs me or my son needs me. And, uh, and that's what I do. And uh, I mean, that's just, it's, it's, an, it's, and most people understand and respect that, but it's just about, you know, you taking the time that you have and using it and, uh, and being intentional uh, versus not, cause you can be in the same room with people and there's no impact. Right. right. But it's just about, it's about pouring into one another when you can. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of what we do as, as a family. Uh, they know that if I'm going to see them for an hour or three hours, it's going to be all about them. And uh, that's the most important thing. And, uh, and, and we're able to balance it that way. Awesome. Th- thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, I yeah. appreciate the, the candor in it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love how it's, it's funny again, how you were like, no, we made a commitment. You're going to come because that's like almost an yeah, identical example that's in uh, Dr. Beaker's book. It's like almost. I swear I haven't so, read the book. Yeah, yes, you need to. Like, hey, I did it. I did it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did it. You know? uh, but yeah, that's so good. So um, accountability. Yeah. The other thing too is like, I, you know, like I'll come home from a drill weekend, right? And I'm tired. I'm yeah. a commander. Like oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. on the whole time and they're early. I don't get, you know, problem after problem. Yeah. And I get home and my daughters miss me all weekend. Uh, you know, cause normally that's the only time we really have, uh, to hang out. And, uh, I, I know the second I walk in the door, it doesn't matter how tired I am. I need to, I just need to buckle down play a board game with her, do something with her. Um, yeah. 
because it's the only time I get before she goes to bed because she's got school on Monday. So, um, yeah, that's something where you talked about earlier sacrifice. And, you know, I think it sounds like in the, in that moment, in that day, it's like, oh, man, I'm just so tired. I just want to, like, kick my feet up. Yeah. But, you know, 20 years from now, if I, if I like, don't do that, I'm going to be like, man, regret. I was just a little bit tired. Who cares? I can drink some coffee. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got to remind it. Like, don't sacrifice today in the hopes of tomorrow or something right yeah it's, it's not guaranteed so yeah um, yeah you might not get it yeah that's yeah. that's why i mentioned that um that it may not always be what we feel like doing mm-hmm. but that 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 never was part of the plan right like right. god doesn't say i'm going to give you these kids and whenever you feel like being a dad go ahead and do that but when you don't no yeah. problem i'll got yeah. it i'll take it from right. here like he doesn't do that and so uh i think with any relationship but especially with kids like you have to make it you have to make the choice every day or like you said when you when you come back from drill and you're tired or you had a long day at work and and uh man all you want to do is just take some time to shut your mind down and and you guys are all uh leaders and and that that's even uh, you know you're taking on not only your own stuff but you're taking on stuff from other people and and so that really weighs you down and the last thing you need is some small high school problem, right? Today, this, yeah. but, but you know, that right. that's a big deal to them. Right. And, and here's mm-hmm. the deal. Like if I, I just need to prioritize if, if I'm doing too much with, with the organization or if I'm doing too much for others and I don't have enough for my first ministry, you know, that's, that's my first priority. Uh, then it's time to say, Hey, I have to say no. And we have, you know, you say no to the good things for the best things. Right. right. And uh, and just we need to be better at just going, not feeling the pride is what makes us push ourselves so hard. Right. Pride is we want to solve everybody's problem. We want to be the man. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but in reality, we need to say, hey, I understand that you're going through this challenging time and, and you feel like you need me right now. But listen, I want to I want to touch base with you. But but my my, my kids, man, I haven't got to see them uh, for for a weekend. I need I need to really spend time with them. Um, I, if, if we can wait, I'll address, if not, I can connect you with one of our other friends who can help you, but man, I really need, and then once you start doing that, people, not only do they respect it generally, they may not initially, but then they'll, they'll recognize your boundaries, but then that may do something internally to them. They go, man, that's really cool. Like this, this guy just really, um, he just really prioritized his kids in that way. Maybe I need to do a little more of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just really, I just really believe we're all influencers. Yeah, like we all yeah. are, and and uh, and that's a that's a, a heavy responsibility, but it's a blessing that that God will put us in these positions where we can we can live out um, mm-hmm. what we say, and people can learn from that. And we may never see the fruit of that, right? right. Not too many men, because of pride, are going to come back and say, "Hey, I saw what you did yesterday, and I went and did it too." <laughs> Man, you, you're awesome. Not many people are yeah. going to do that, but yeah. you you'll see it play out in their lives, and. And that's what we see not only in an organization, but I see, you know, at my church and other places where people, you know, but it's, it's just all about really making sure that that time with the kids is non-negotiable. Like yep. it's just, you know, even if you have to put it, I mean, guys, there's been times I had to put it in my phone from this time to this time, I'm doing nothing. I'm putting airplane mode on. I'm doing nothing but hanging out with my kids that's good. because it's, I call it radical amputation. Yeah. You know, I have to cut things out. Sunday ticket. I love football, um, but I was spending too much time playing football. I wasn't going to church with my family. And the statistics are pretty high for uh, if dad goes to church, like 80, 83 or 84% of the family will go to church. If just the mom goes to church, no offense, moms, uh, 40 some percent of the family go. 
That's how important yeah. it is for us to lead, right? So if I'm sitting here yeah. watching Sunday Ticket and I'm like, ah, I ain't going to go this Sunday. I'm going to check it out on YouTube, right? Um, then they're going to go, okay, what's well, cool? I can just check it out on YouTube. So what I what did I have to do? I had to call uh, Directv and say, hey, I I don't want this Sunday Ticket thing. And they're like, well, you've paid three hundred forty dollars for it for the year. And I'm like, well, that's a small price to pay. Three hundred forty dollars is a small price to pay for what, not being there for my kids when they need to be there, or, or going to church and, and yeah. lead by example. So I cut it off. You know, I talk about radical amputation. Those are just some of the things that you have to do. Is you have to Absolutely. just say, "Hey, I'm, I'd I'd love to be, I'd love to help you, but man, I really, I really owe some time to my kids." And uh, that's just yeah. how, that's just that's how we do it. Yeah, it's it's so necessary because kids have two cups that I've always read and and felt. Um, they have the power cup and the love cup. And both of them have to be filled by both parents. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so like Dr. Jordan Peterson talks about the dad's role, um, you know, rough and uh, tumble play is such a vital thing. It's literally <laughs> like from the ages of like one and a half to like, I think he said six or seven, that's the the time frame where you do that. And if you don't do that, your, your child will suffer in most cases, emotionally and, and mentally in a great deal of uh, foundational things. And so, fill those cups up. And yeah, that intentionality is so beautiful because I'm always trying to like wrestle with my kid and I let him, you know, I let him win. And, you know, that's the power cup. And then, you know, I always go and I, you know, he's emotional and he's dumping things on me. I just give him a hug and I embrace him and I just let him sit there. And that's the love cup. I'm just filling up the love cup. And sometimes he'll act out if the love cup's not being filled and I'm not paying attention. So for me, it's a priority. Go and fill both of their cups up. Then we can do play and do whatever else. But we got to yeah. make sure those cups are filled. Yeah. You can uh, you can always fill up his real cup and then give him a jackknife powerbomb too, you know? So I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Jeremy, you, you kind of touched on something. You kind of have to command your kids sometimes to, uh, yeah. to, to do yeah. things and hold to their commitments because it's about leadership. Like you said, they, they need leadership. Kids need to be guided. Um, and that's yeah. the thing is a lot of fathers are afraid to guide nowadays because the world tells them not to, or people are telling them that that makes you a dictator or that your kid's not going to respect you. Actually, I think your kid will respect you more if you tell them, oh, Hey, yeah. no, you will. made this commitment. Yeah. You need to be there. Yeah. Uh, sure. and I, I think that's, that's something that like a lot of kids need these days is some guidance, man. And yeah. especially, really? like you said, yeah, oh, for sure. And, and you know, with the church and with, with anything in life and, I don't know, like uh, that. That kind of struck home for me a little bit. And when you said that, I was like, "Oof, that's." Yeah, well, she, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, well, she, she, you know, she texts. That's how it works, right? Like, if something hard conversation, she'll try to text her mom first, you know, because mom has the gentle hand, you know. It's just she'll text, yeah. and and uh, then she tried to text me, and I said, "No, nah, we're not gonna play this game. We're gonna we're gonna talk to each other." Mm-hmm. And that's we good. were actually we're actually in the middle of of one of our equine facilitated mentoring sessions. And uh, I just said, hey, guys, someone's going to take over. I walked out of the barn. I caught her. And um, and she, she started coming with a story. And you could tell that she was a little hesitant to talk about it. And and I just, instead of going, you know, instead of just really highlighting, like, you're, you made a commitment. Now you're not living up to your commitment. I, I, I wanted her to know, I, I need to see you. Like, mm-hmm. I need to see yeah, you. Like, right. I miss you. Yeah, I miss hearing from you. Yeah. Yeah, right. and 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 I could have chose either way to do that. I think the 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 way that I did it, and I don't always do it perfectly, you know, obviously. But the way I did it that day, I think it meant more. Like if I would just hammer down on her, I could have. Right. She already felt bad. There was no need for me to do that anymore because she's like, you know, she was like, I, I, I'm sorry, you know. That's she's beautiful. like, I just, I'm, she said, I'm just trying to see everybody, 
And I mm-hmm. love her heart from that, right? I'm like, and I told her, I said, I said, her name's Maddie. And I said, Maddie, I love your heart. I love your heart. And I want you to see everybody too. The good news is uh, UK is 45 minutes from me, right? So I had to remind her that you're not in LA, right? Like yeah. you can yeah. come back next weekend too, if you want, you know, but I know you're doing your own thing, but I really need to see you. Like when I made this plan with you, I didn't do it just because it was an oblig- uh, uh, obligatory thing where like, oh, I mm-hmm. better, better check the box. I needed to see you. I miss you. I miss talking to you. I need to know what your life's like at school. I need to know how you're settling in. I need to know if there's challenges that you need addressed. I need to know your well-being. I want to make sure you're safe, secure, and you have what you need. And when I explained that to her, she's like, I'm so thankful that 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 you're you know you care enough about me. Because in reality, she isn't, and that's important too. Like she is not my biological daughter, but she'll never know, she'll never know a difference, right? And so um we had a great dinner. We had a great night and uh, it was really cool. Uh, and she learned something. And that's what I told her. I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not telling you this to make you feel bad. I just want you to learn from it. Be, mm-hmm. You know, be a person of your word, make a commitment. If people are going out of their way, I said, cause you know, we're all busy. Like I'm, I'm in the middle of something now, but I, I immediately come and called you because that's where, that's how important you are to me. Yeah. And, uh, and so we ended up having a, a really good night and she learned from that. And, and uh, that's really what it's about, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. a, you know, it's easy to bring the hammer down, right? Mm-hmm. But what kind of lesson are you teaching through it? Are, right. are you are you leading from the heart or are you leading from the, the iron fist, right? And, and I think yeah. leading from the heart always is more productive, especially, sure, especially with young, young, women, young right. you know, teenage girls. So, yep. yeah. yeah, you definitely need more tenderness with the, the feminine <laughs> side. Uh, so. Yeah, the army I mean, doesn't. Uh, yeah, the army don't prepare you for no, teenage not girl, very good. So. No, yeah, it's funny, nah. it's funny when because uh, I was still active duty when when uh, my wife got pregnant and and we were expecting our first and uh, um uh the, when we found out we were having a girl uh my my wife's side of the family was like oh that's good it'll make him softer <laughs> he needs that in his life <laughs> so yeah that's funny. Um, I just wanted to do a power check. How, where are yeah, you yeah. at on your phone here? Because I don't want to just abruptly cut off. Yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Um, well, to, to cover something while he's checking that, uh, yeah, you know, your one thing my dad ha- hammered home is uh, a phrase, you know, gone uh, here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, one of the things that people need to realize, and I challenge everybody to think this way, is live every day like it's your last because it could be. And two, live it like it's everyone else's last. Because you never know if, if that dinner you just missed was the last opportunity you ever got to see your dad or your brother, or your sister, or your mom, you know, whoever. Uh, because life happens quick, but guess what? Death happens a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very conscious of that fact because, you know, I think about this. My, I'm blessed enough to have my grandparents. They've been married for 60 plus years. Uh, they're in their 80s now. And now I'm, I'm down in, you know, the boot in Louisiana and uh, I'm seven hours away from the rest of my family. And, and unfortunately I do not get to see um, them as much, but if, if I look at, at, look at it, you know, realistically, I probably have, if I'm lucky, maybe 20 more visits with them in their life. Mm, yeah. That's hard to think about, you know, yeah, like, man. it's oof. Well, I want to give you one more question here since you're our guest here before we wrap up. Um, And that that question is, um, what would you tell fathers out there? um, Give them one or two things that would be your best piece of advice for being a present father. You know, I think the the biggest piece of advice is, you know, be a servant leader, 
to them, you know, lead through servitude, um, meet them where they are. Um, if you don't have the answer, say you don't have the answer, don't fake it till you make it. I don't think that works out well in fatherhood, right? It creates this false uh, sense of, of knowing and, and then they can probably, you know, take that and, and, and become that as well. But but it's all about honesty and transparency. It's, it's all about, you know, doing life together and, uh, and, and take off the hat of I have to be this hero, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who said that? Like the hero uh, in, my, in my mind and, and for, for in my experience with my kids is when I say, you know what? I did a bonehead move today. This is what I did. So, somebody, somebody cut out in front of me and it was really poor time management for me. I hit the horn. It scared them and, and I feel terrible about it. Like sharing those stories too, because that's going to happen in their life. Are you going to be somebody who hits the horn or, or are you going to really mm-hmm. hold yourself accountable? Like I was running late because of my time management, you know, uh, it wasn't anything to do with anybody in front of me, but just, just talking about the hard stuff, you know, just, just, uh, you know, showing humility, showing the imperfections of who you are. And and if you're working on something as a, as a father, share that, you know, say, Hey, mm-hmm. Hey, I just, you know, dinner, dinner time is, is great for that. Right. Like when everybody comes together and it gets harder as they get older. Uh, but when we come together for dinner, just say, you know, give, give me a, I will always ask, give me a couple of things you guys are working on. What is it that, that you're trying to work on? Are you trying to learn something? Are you trying to work on mm-hmm. something internally? Um, are, are you trying to accomplish something? And, and I, and I kind of force them to, to share. And then I say, well, here's what I'm trying to do. Uh, and, and then sometimes the answer is I'm trying to be better for you because I don't think I've been that great for you this week. Um, and, and just being real about that, man. And it, I'm telling you, it just goes a long way because it reminds them of how important they are. They're like, look at this, look at this strong guy, right. Uh, who leads our family just admitting where he fell short and just, just being honest with your kids, uh, every step of the way and, uh, and, and lay ego and pride aside. Um, because again, that's, that's, that's uh, false expectations that they can never, never accommodate. And uh, I think what's pro what's one of the things that are is, is an issue today is um, social media, right? Like we, we didn't worry about that when we were growing up. Yeah. It wasn't, there was no thing. Like if I didn't get invited to, to, a, to a party, I just didn't know about the party. Right. right. But now, now if you get on yeah. Instagram, you're like, Oh, look what Bob's doing. Like, yeah. why did I get that? So that's a Stupid lot of what our kids are. Yeah. Yeah. Bob. That's a lot of what our kids are facing now. And, uh, and that makes parenting challenging, more challenging for us because yeah, we absolutely. have to help them navigate that. Right. And we have to help say, Hey, listen, don't worry about it. Like, uh, don't worry about, you don't know, you don't know the why, like start asking the why. So just really, just really having good conversation, being, being, when you're present with the kids, being intentional and, uh, mm-hmm. and just, just be real with them. You know, that's the biggest thing that, that has, has shown success so far for me is just, being real. Hey, look, I, I, you know, I didn't do as, I didn't do so hot today. You know, uh, even, even if you're having like conflict with your spouse, you know, as, as the kids get older, like I have, you know, like I said, I have teenagers and so they're not, they're not, they're smart. Right. So they know when there's a little bit of conflict yeah. and just being like, you know, I, I should have honored your mom a little better than I did. Um, well, this is what I said. I probably shouldn't have said that. And they appreciate that. And, and then mm-hmm. when they see you ask for forgiveness, when they see you live out all these things that you teach, um, it's undeniable. They'll develop those habits and, and they will do as you do. They will not do as you say. Right. Um, and that's a fact. And, and I'm thankful that, that they do that because, uh, I need to be, I need somebody to hold my foot to the fire, but also lastly guys, uh, cause I don't want to run over, but lastly, just doing stuff like this more so that we become better as, as, as mm-hmm. men, right. Just having these conversations. I, I love this, man. I needed this. And, and I'm glad yeah. that we were able to come together 
and just share some of our most vulnerable moments. Think about it. We just met each other. Some, I mean, I knew George, but we just, um, Brendan and Justin, we just met each other. We talked about some hard stuff, man. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and I think we feel better because of it. Yeah. A lot, there's a lot of smiles right now on the screen yeah, and, man. and that's a, and that's a win. So yeah, just, just really living out, living out what you, what you teach, you know, practicing what you preach, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Thank you, yeah. Jeremy. So, I would, uh, I'd love to take a minute and, and plug veterans club and, uh, Thanks, the, the top comment here on the video, I've linked to the, the page where you can, uh, consider a donation. Um, you know, if you want to support an organization that's doing a lot of good in the world, uh, definitely recommend that you consider that. Um, and Jeremy, why don't you take a few more minutes and just talk about your upcoming events that you have planned for, for, uh, veterans club and, uh, maybe if people live near you and want to volunteer, um, you know, how they can get involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to encourage any, you know, and, uh, I want to make sure everybody knows that we serve veterans outside of Kentucky too. Uh, some things are limited, right? I mean, if you, you know, George, if you wanted to drive all the way to Kentucky for equine facilitate mentoring, we'd love to have you, but there are some things that you can, you can plug into, uh, uh, remotely, um, uh, you know, get connected with us, get on our website. Um, we have a calendar of events. For example, in August, we had 35 events. There's only 30, 31 days. Um, we, we do a ton. We're very serious about what we do. We do it all, you know, all week, seven days a week on the holidays. So upcoming, we have, we have equine facilitated mentoring, you know, coming up, um, in October, uh, October 6th, we have uh, restorative horsemanship, which is, similar but more about horsemanship and it's a it's it's where veterans uh get trained to um work at the humane society with these rescued or, or neglected horses that were dropped off and they get to rehabilitate these horses while they rehabilitate themselves and get them prepared for adoption so that this horse can go to this forever home right so there's that opportunity yeah it's one of our favorite things we do a lot of connection events we're going to have a thanksgiving dinner for vets first responders and their family and really whoever comes to the door we don't vet people we love everybody, right? Um, we're going to do a Christmas thing as well. And we are getting close. It's less than 100 days. I just want to remind you all yeah. about that. Like less than 100 days. Uh, my kids remind me every day. It's all easy. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, this, is my kid, this is my kid's first Christmas. So yeah, um, yeah. There you go. I'm stoked, man. You got the countdown going already. Yeah. But yeah, just check, our, just check our website out. Obviously, our social media, too. We're pretty heavy on social media. Uh, not Twitter, really. It's usually a dumpster fire. So we kind of stay away from that. But, but like Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, we have a private Facebook group for veterans and first responders. It's uh, very private, and you're, you're, it's a space for you to come together and, and talk like this uh, in a safe place. There's about 7,000 veterans on that awesome. page, and, and we'd love for you to connect that way. But but reach out to us, whether you're in Kentucky or not. We just want to hear from you, and I'm sure we can add value in some way. And we just want to say hey, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, but I, I appreciate you know I appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed this, guys. It was really good. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks love for coming it. on. And I, yeah. I actually wanted to say, I want to challenge anybody watching or that will watch this, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out, comment, whatever. We want that brotherhood to grow. And and like yeah. I said, I've said it once, but I'm going to say this every episode from now on. Please grow with us. We're growing every week together, whether or every few weeks. Uh, we're going to eventually be every week. But uh, for the time being, we would like everyone to grow with us because you can grow as a father, you can grow as a brother, as a man, as a friend. And, and we want to invite you guys to take that journey with us and become better week after week with us, because that's what this is all about. Um, and, and we challenge you guys to do that. And if you have an awesome story, please, please reach out. We want to hear your story. We'd love to have you on. Like we, we want to challenge fathers out there. Be more active. Be a part of this brotherhood. Like yeah. come on the show. Do do what you need to do to get in with us. Uh, we, we would like we would really like that. So.
Absolutely. Awesome. Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, uh, this was yeah all, my I, pleasure. I, I had a blast tonight. This was yeah, super yeah, fun. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I, knew, I knew this was going to be a hit. I, know, I knew your story, and I knew it was going to resonate real well. Uh, so really, really appreciate your time and uh, your commitment. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to make my way up. I, I live in Clarksville, so I'm not too far away. It's about three and a half hours, I think. So I'll, oh, I'll drive, what? I'll, yeah, yeah. So, I'm, oh, I'm just I thought you were in Oregon. In Tennessee. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm from Oregon. Oh, man. Yeah, I live down we, in Tennessee. Already, yeah. We could have already been hanging out. If we yeah, could, yeah. So I want to I want to drive oh. up for your next uh, pistols and pizza or uh, bullets and barbecue. Let me know. Oh, and, man. Uh, you yeah. let me know. I'm going to come up there with you, yeah, Brand, George. I'll fly, I'll fly up there. Yeah, yeah. We'll get up there. I can fly from Louisiana. Dustin. Dude, Dustin's gonna have FOMO on this episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. But you know, Dustin has res- he has other responsibilities too, so he's for sure. sticking for sure. at work, saving lives. You know, kind we of love you, morning, Dustin. I guess, but put that um, cookie down. Now. Jeremy, for, uh, from all of us, thank you so much for the time. Absolutely, uh, brother. Please, please absolutely. thank your family as well for for sharing you with us, and uh, we'll we'll definitely do this again. I, this is yeah, awesome. Sure. Really excited uh, for everything that you're doing and, and the future success. And uh, yeah, just again, thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate <laughs> you guys. Yep. We'll, we'll come. Yeah. We'll come shoot some guns together pretty soon. Anytime, Absolutely. man. And the pizza is the best pizza in town. It's, it's really right. good stuff. Yep. You, you yep. had me at pizza. <laughs> <laughs> had me pizza, at right. pizza. Pizza and guns. You can't yeah. beat it. That's, I mean, it's a man, man. Yeah. 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 All right, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Uh, once again, please consider uh, supporting Veterans Club. Go to their website. There is a uh, a place you can donate on their website. Please consider that. And uh, as always, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and supporting us. And uh, if you know a father out there who could benefit from this, please share it with them. Uh, I think that's a great way to wrap wrap up, guys. So have a great night and uh, thank you all. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good one. Take care. Good night.